Welcome everybody to episode 6 of After Live, the unofficial Collider Live After Show. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, and I am excited to talk about this week in the world of Collider Live. A lot of stuff went on. Uh, we got uh, we talked. They talked a lot about the Oscars. Uh, they did uh, a new bit about Rocky Five, which was pretty funny. Uh, you got a, you know a whole lot of movie news. Got some wrestling news. Got a little bit of everything. So just sit back and enjoy because this is After Live. Welcome back, everybody. I'm excited to uh, jump into everything. Uh, before we start, you may notice my voice sounds a little off today. I'm mean, kind of just getting over some some stuff, so uh, I but I wanted to make sure that I was able to get the the podcast out to you and, and talk about everything that happened on Collider Live this week. So, uh, opening up Monday show, it was a it was an interesting start to the week. Uh, apparently, Makuga somehow pissed off Roxy just by saying something. Um, she, 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 she definitely, she wasn't taking it, uh, right. And he, he wasn't trying to piss her off, but it happened. So it was a very interesting start to the week for Collider Live. It, it, it seemed like things might kind of go downhill from there, but, uh, you know, it, it didn't, but it, it was really, it was something, it was something. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, first thing they really started talking about was, uh, the Oscars. Uh, they went on, they kind of talked a little bit about Christian's Oscar pool win, which we'll get more into on Friday's show, uh, where, uh, Christian's friend, Steve, uh, Renazisi came in. He's one of the ones that, uh, Christian had the bet with for the pool. And so he comes in on Friday and, and they talk a little bit more about that. Um, they talk about, about, uh, the Green Book controversy and Spike Lee's reaction at the Oscars to Green Book's win, um, now, I haven't had a chance to see Green Book yet. It's one of the couple best picture uh, noms that I didn't get get around to seeing. But so okay, so I can't. I don't have an opinion on the actual, you know, content of the movie, whether or not the film itself is good or not, or even how certain things are, por- are portrayed because I have not seen it. Uh, as someone, you know, on the outside of all of that, I didn't, you know, seemed I didn't really have a bit a problem with it, it with it winning. I didn't really care either way. It wasn't my pick uh, to win. It wasn't the one that I wanted to win. It it was, however, the one that I uh, picked to win because uh, that's what that's kind of what the rumblings had been. Um, so when I did my ballot, that was who I picked to win, and I was right. Um, and then Spike Lee's reaction to it, apparently he got up, you know, very angry, you know, tried to storm out of the room, you know, had had a conversation with some people, came back and like, and stood there and like turned his back to the stage during the whole thing. It's like, I understand, you know, people are upset about this, about this win, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because I haven't seen it, maybe it's because... I'm not black. I don't know, but it just seems it seems like a, an overreaction to me. But hey, like I said, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm not him. So I don't know. I don't have the same feelings about it that he does, obviously, and that a lot of people do. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I would never tell someone that they're wrong for feeling that way. Um, it just, I don't know, like, it just hearing about it, it sounded, it sounds like an, uh, just a huge overreaction, but no, no, knowing Spike, he's very, you know, he's very emotional about things. He, he, he's very, um, he, he, he really lets that kind of stuff out. He, she, he, he wears those emotions on his sleeve. And, and so it's not really surprising. He lets people know what he's thinking. He's not afraid to do that. And that, and that's pretty much what he did here. So, you know, let me know what you guys thought uh, of the Oscars in general. I actually really uh, had a good time with the Oscars. I thought it was the best, uh, uh, the best show that for it that I've seen in in years. Really, um, I, I liked that they were able to keep it right around that three hour mark. I think it was like maybe like three fifteen or something like that, which is nice. Uh, I, I I actually really dug the no host thing. You know, they didn't have all that superfluous fluff. You know, where they where they just come in and do random bits throughout the night, taking up. Essentially, they spend an extra hour just doing these bits throughout the night, and it, it really you can tell just by watching it this year. You see how how much wasted time they did. With these stupid comedy bits that most of the time didn't work. Most of the time they fell flat and they were some of the big reasons why people would always complain. Um, I mean, the Oscars ratings went up you know, during this one. And I mean, I'm sure some of it had to do with all the controversy that was going on. Sure. I'm curious as to what the retention rate was. Because I, I feel like there's probably a lot of times where people just kind of fall off and they're like, ah, oh, this is getting boring. I'm, I'm turning it off. So I'm curious as to what that was. Because I remember last year, I think the thing went past midnight. And it's like, my God. It's like, it's on a Sunday, first off. It'd be different if it was on a Saturday. But on a Sunday, people got to work the next day. You know? People who are working like, you know, the normal Monday through Friday kind of jobs, they got to work that next day. But, you know, so having it go past midnight, that's ridiculous. Having it go, like, I live on the East Coast, so that's why I say, you know, it went past midnight. Um, if it started even an hour earlier, so let's say it started at 10 o'clock, and you have a three-hour show, it's over by 10, or, or sorry, it started at 7 o'clock. A three-hour show, it's over by 10, or 10, 15. I think that would be perfect. And seven o'clock, that would start it at four o'clock on the east coast or on the west coast, and I think that would actually work a lot better. Um, I, I I don't know if it's because they strictly want those prime time hours or whatever the eight o'clock, but I really think that they could swing an hour earlier to really kind of help cut that cut that kind of down. Um, like I said. Having it go that late on a Sunday, it's like kids have school the next day. You know, if you if you want to if if your kids are interested in this kind of stuff, you're making them stay up. You know, or or you're not letting them watch it, and maybe that's a bummer. You know, I I definitely think there's something more that they could do. But overall, I I really enjoyed this year's Oscars. Uh, they also talked about Olivia Coleman's win over Glenn Close. This. For my ballot, I was 20 and 4. So out of the 24 categories, I, I got 20 of them correct. 
and only missed on four of them. And this was one of them. Uh, Olivia Coleman's upset win over Glenn Close. You know, all, everybody was talking about Glenn Close. It was it was really it was between Glenn Close and, and Lady Gaga is where all the predictions were. Um, Glenn Close because you know she's legacy. She, it's been you know she has never won one. She's been nominated several times, and so a lot of people thought, well, you know, a lot you know the Oscars likes to do that. They like to to give people who haven't gotten their just due that you know after such a long period of time. So they felt like this was her time. But with this new crop of people in the academy, a lot of people thought, well, you know, with this with this specific category, they like to kind of give it to the auteurs and everything. So that's why a lot of people were like, okay, Lady Gaga, she's new on the scene for this kind of stuff, you know. And so a lot of people were like, you know, it's going to be her. So it was, it was kind of between those two. I personally, I went with Lady Gaga. I, I knew it was kind of a risk, but that's who I went with. Um, and, and I, I, I knew that there was a chance that I could lose to Glenn Close, but that's who I went with. But I never saw it coming. No one was really talking about Olivia Coleman, and uh, I watched The Favorite, and she's fantastic in it. So I, I, I really, I'm glad that she won. I'm just, this is like the one real upset win I think of the night. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I thought it was, it was fascinating. I, and her speech was, was amazing. I loved it. If you haven't watched that, go back and watch Olivia Coleman's speech from the Oscars. And they also mentioned, uh, speaking of the favorite, they also mentioned Rachel Weisz's hideous red rubber dress thing. I don't know what that was. Um, even my wife, uh, who was just kind of in and out watching it, uh, as I was watching it, spotted her and was like, what is she wearing? What is that thing? It was like the one outfit that she really commented on. I thought that was funny that they brought it up as well. Uh, In the middle of all the Oscars talk, uh, my kid came up to me and she said, why is Superman backwards? And I was really confused. Uh, I was like, what are you talking about? And she went over the TV and pointed. And that's when I noticed that the Superman schnapp on the table was turned around. What's going on? Why was it turned? It was turned around for like the first three days of the show. I don't I don't know what was going on. Then it was back to normal, I think, on Thursday. I don't know what happened. I don't know why it was turned around. But it, it, it kind of bugged me. I was like, it was something I was focused on a lot of the times during it. Um... So yeah, if anybody knows why the the, the Schnepp Superman was turned around on the table for the first three days, let me know. Uh, hop down those comments and, and give me a heads up. Then there was this heated rant about Rocky Five, and this this was fantastic. It it ended up being a, a bit, but it was it was one of the funniest things I've I've seen on the show. Christian just went off about how bad Rocky Five is, about how you know the things that they that they should in the movie that they should have done, helping out Rocky, why they let him you know fall to the bottom and all this stuff. And Roxy just looks so bored and confused during this entire conversation. It was hilarious. Uh, Christian kept doing this to her throughout the week. It was great. Uh, he he did it with a few of the guests that that come, which I'll talk about as we get to them. And I love that Cody would just leave the camera on Roxy's face for so long. She had some great reactions 
it, it, this was a fantastic little bit, and really, she she was really starting to roll with it. I've, I'm curious as to how much it really got to her, and how much of it, it was just her playing into it as the week went on. They talked a bit about their friend Brody, who recently passed away. He was a, he was a comic. I, I really I didn't know anything about this guy. I didn't know him or anything like that. I hadn't heard of him, but it's it always it's always heartbreaking when someone you know that they're that close to passes away. It's happened multiple times over the last year, and it's it's you know we had you know obviously we had Schnepp. We had Christian's brother pass away, and and just recently, uh, Riley's dog Kale passed away. So, it's 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 heartbreaking, you know, because I I mean for me, it's like this, and I'm sure it is for a lot of you out there. These people that you know, these people that you just see on on your screen every day, they're they're almost like family, you know. You you get to know them, and and you you get to a place where you know. They're almost like family, and so like when they're hurting, you're hurting, and it it even though I didn't know this guy, it 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 really it it hit me because of how 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 much it hurt them as well, you know. So uh, if you guys have ever have, you know ever met him or anything, you know if you've got any stories or anything like that, reach out, let me know, you know, put them in the comments. I'd love to hear hear your stories. They then went on to talk about a couple of new releases that uh, came out. How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, and Fighting With My Family. Uh, I had the uh, opportunity to see both of these movies. I got, actually, I got to see How to Train Your Dragon uh, like a month ago. I got to see it like three weeks before it came out. And How to Train Your Dragon, uh, if you hop on over to my YouTube channel, there is a uh, short uh, spoiler-free review uh of how to train dragon 3 i loved that movie it was fantastic it is currently my favorite film of the year like granted it's you know there's only two been two months in 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 the year so far but it was amazing i love the the dragons movies um they are some of my favorite animated films and this topped them this was so amazing it's the best of the trilogy it is an absolute perfect uh, ending to this series. I am so it was. I'm gonna watch this so many times. I absolutely loved it. If you haven't seen it yet, go and see it. If you if you even just like those movies, go and see it. And you know, hey, if you're if you haven't been a big fan of them, go watch it anyways. It may change your mind. This movie is just that good. I absolutely loved it. The other one that they watched, like I said, was Fighting with My Family, and it's the story of WWE superstar Paige. It's based on uh, the documentary of the same name that follows her and her family. Uh, it fo- follows her rise from uh, the, the the family wrestling uh, promotion up, you know, into her rise into WWE and, and getting her first title. This movie was really good. I, I loved it. Um, I'm not a huge f- uh, fan of sports movies. Um, I, I don't. I'm not really big on sports in general, and that's probably why. Um, but wrestling is one of those things that I love, and so I was instantly in to see this movie. And as far as a movie goes, as far as a sports movie goes, this is fantastic. I I I loved it. Um, if you have any interest in in the sport of wrestling, go see it. 
And honestly, even if you don't, even if you're just a fan of sports movies, go see this this movie because it may change your mind. I know plenty of people who uh, checked this movie out and then said that they were all of a sudden interested in seeing more about the WWE. Um, heck, even I think Darina said that on, uh, I believe it was, I think it was the week before on one of the episodes because she had seen it early. Um, and that it made her interested in checking out the WWE. And I've heard that from a few other people as well. So definitely go see uh, both How to Train Your Dragon 3 and Fighting with My Family uh, in theaters right now. And if you have seen them, let me know down in the comments what you think. Uh, you know, are either of these movies in your top for the, for the year so far? You know, let, let me know uh, what you thought of them. Then uh, they announced that Kevin Feige has confirmed that Black Widow will not be rated R. A lot of people, uh, I'm sure, are upset about this, but honestly, I think this is fine. I don't think it needs to be uh, uh, rated R. Yeah, they could do some stuff. You know, it could essentially just have turned into uh, Red Sparrow. But if you take out, you know, all the swearing and the nudity... You got yourself a PG-13 movie, and it's not really that, you know, you don't need all the rest of it. Sure, I'm sure plenty of people want to see Scarlett Johansson nude. Okay, and you're probably upset about it. But it's unnecessary for an MCU movie. I doubt that they would even do that, um, simply because it's an MCU movie. It makes sense that they would do it this way, that they that it wouldn't be rated R. And you can still do a lot. Look at The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight is PG-13. There's a lot in that. You know, a lot of, a lot of imagery that you know probably skirted pretty close to being rated R. So, if you can do that pencil trick in PG thirteen, you can do a lot of a lot of violence and stuff uh, in 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 a Black Widow movie that's PG thirteen. So, and I mean, for the most part, that wrapped up uh, you know all the stuff for that first day for the first hour of the show. Uh, Roxy talked. They they talked a little bit about you know raising kids and stuff. And, and Roxy's very real clueless to this. Um, she she has she has no idea. So I hope that uh, you know she doesn't have any kids for a little while um, until maybe she kind of learns a bit more about it. It's uh, it's it's not an easy thing. It's it's really not. And I and I get it. And, you know, having one. I didn't. I waited. Quite a bit before I, I I wanted kids because I wanted to make sure that you know I was I was ready enough to to be able to handle that so I, I totally get it. So they go on break. That first hour of the episode was legit, mostly just them joking around. You know, it it, it was pretty awesome. Um, it, it was one of the best first hours of of the show that I've seen in a while. Uh, they just kind of let it all loose. And you know what? Hashtag that's the show. For anybody out there complaining and, and bitching and whining in the comments about it, hashtag that's the show. Deal with it. And they came back from break and uh, Finstock himself, Tom Dagnino's in studio. But uh, again, no headphones. What is up? Keep a pair, of, an extra pair of headphones in the damn room, on the chair. Just keep it in there. Why it should just always be in there? They should they should have five he- sets of headphones specifically for that room, and they should just stay in there. I don't understand why it's never in there. Alex had to go out and search for a pair. He finally got him one. And they talked vaguely about the Schmodown Throwdown, which uh, happened uh, uh, last Saturday, and just how amazing the main event really was. And I have to say, 
that main event between uh, Rachel Cushing and Mike uh, Kalinowski was amazing. It was a fantastic match. And it is up now on the YouTube channel for the public to see both parts. You get both matches right now are available to watch. Go and check them out. I'll be talking about it uh, in a couple of days on uh, my other podcast, Talking Schmodown. So make sure you check that out when it drops. Uh, it'll probably be uh, it'll be either Monday or Tuesdays, usually when when that episode will drop. So make sure you check that out and, and watch the matches, man. It's they're fantastic. I I I can't I don't want to spoil anything, so just go uh, go and watch those matches. Uh, then they talked a bit about uh, a bit more about Rocky Five and even got Tom in on it, so that was pretty funny. I love that the they brought Tom in on this whole Rocky Five thing. And then uh, Dagnino talked about the future of Lil Bobby and Juice. The trailer for his next episode is out, and it's called The Big Wang Theory, which I thought was hilarious. And, uh, yeah, um, well, the, it was it was an epi- it was something. It was a trailer. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, this, is, this show is something else. Uh, I, I'm definitely going to watch it as it comes out, but... Uh, like that first episode, I don't know. It wasn't quite what I was expecting. It didn't really make me laugh all that much. Um, I'm hoping that it's just, uh, you know, pilot syndrome. I guess you can call it, where a lot of shows, the the first that first pilot episode just isn't that great, and it, you know, and it kind of goes up from there. So here's hoping that uh, the Big Wang Theory is uh, ha- has a bit more. A bit more laughs to it. And now that I really I kind of see the tone of the show and, and the style of the show, maybe it was maybe I need to rewatch it. Maybe I just is it was jarring to me or something. I don't know. Um just because of how off the wall it really it really was. So and he goes on to talk about his thoughts on the show and how he views it. And and he says, you know, it's like he's not he's not out there to offend anybody. He's out there to offend everybody. You know, he's not singling out any one particular group. He's going after everybody. And you know what? I like that about it. I think that, you know, it's... I, I, I think that that kind of satire is is something that you don't get a lot of. There are a few few places out there you can find it, things like South Park and stuff like that. But, um, I, I you know, I I think this is this is a, a place where he can really do it. It's definitely niche. Um, and he has to realize he has to really realize that and market it to that niche uh, audience because it's not for everybody, not even close. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely interested to see uh, this next episode. Then they take their next break and they come back and uh, they they talk to Dennis and they they ask him his opinion on uh, Little Bobby and the Juice. You know, being an Asian man and having you know the new character in this trailer be an Asian man voiced by Tom Dagnino, um, it, it was interesting. And, and he, Dennis, goes on. He said he's not offended by it or anything like that. Um, but there will definitely be people who are. So it's, it's, I thought that was kind of funny that they that they called uh, Dennis in to, to to get his opinion on it. I thought that was kind of neat. And apparently during the show, as it was going on. Jay Washington on Twitter called out Kevin Smets. Now, if you don't know who these are, these are people from the movie trivia Schmodown. 
uh, the Urban Gladiator, Jay Washington, and Kevin the Smasher, uh, Smets. Kevin is new. He just recently had a match. Uh, I believe it was last week. He had his first match against David Moore. It was an inner geekdom match, and he won. And so Jay Washington has officially called out Kevin Smets. Uh, I will talk more about this on uh, Talking Schmodown. We'll get into uh, Kevin's reply and all that stuff on that show. So I thought that was kind of funny that it, you know, it kind of happened during the show. And they talked a bit more about the Oscars and, and politics and speeches and, and stuff like that. I don't have a problem with it. Like I understand some people do, but you know what? If you're not letting people voice their opinion, then then you're why don't stifle people. If a Republican got up there and wanted to talk about his you know his or her beliefs, are you going to stop them? Because if that's the case, then yeah, don't let anybody talk politics. But if you're going to let everybody equally talk about their political beliefs, then hey. Just because Hollywood tends to lean a bit more to the left, hey, that's just the way it is. But if somebody got up there and wanted to say, thank you, Trump, you know, that's their prerogative. I may not agree with it, but that's their prerogative. Now, if they kind of get into more offensive territory with things, you know, then, you know, you put a stop to it. But there's, there's a difference there, you know. There's a difference in in, in, in in stating your beliefs and things like that and, and kind of going off the rails. But, yeah, I don't personally have a problem with it, so I don't know. Uh, that was the end of day one. Hopping into day two, uh, Christian starts off, he addresses the change from the Schmoville Facebook group to the now-dubbed Collider Live official group. It has, uh, the, that Schmoville group had become uh, just kind of like a lawless hellscape of vitriol and random posts that had nothing to do with anything, really. Um, like, I was part of the group, but I barely ever went to it anymore just because it, it just became toxic over there. And so Christian saw this and decided it was time that he stepped in and did something about it and turned. Because what the whole Schmodown Facebook, Schmoville's Facebook group was about, it was there originally because of the old like Schmo's No Live show. And that's what the you know, they people would go on and they would talk about stuff like that and some you know other Schmo's related stuff. But it was really it was a lot of it was focused around that live show. And now that um, you know the the, the Schmo's No Live show is no more, and now and it has now essentially has become the Collider Live uh, show. It makes sense to do it this way. You rebrand and you change the rules. You crack down and you clean up the mess. You got to clean up that town, clean up that Facebook group, and make it better. Now, what I thought was interesting, there was already a Collider Live Facebook group. Obviously, it was, it was you know unofficial. It wasn't ran by Christian, but part of me wonders why they didn't just go and, and like reach out to them and try to like and essentially like absorb it. You know, like just I mean, I get that there was like a built-in membership with the Schmoville one, but I, I don't know. It just seemed like they're just stepping on 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 the, the toes of it and just saying, eh. Screw off, you two, you guys. This is the real Collider Live group. Even though they've been running that Collider Live group 
for for months now. And then somebody decided to start up a new Schmoville page anyways. So we'll we'll see how that goes. And, this, and then in the middle of, of this story about, you know, the Facebook groups and everything, JTE called in. And then they talked about uh, this shift from Schmoville to, to, Collider, to the Collider Lab after, uh, official group. Um, and he kind of gave his thoughts on it. And then they brought up, of course, Rocky Five again. Uh, and I got to say, after them talking about this pretty much all week, I've really got to sit down and finish watching these movies. I've only seen the first one, and I just watched that last year. So... I, I just recently watched it, and it it kind of really makes me want to watch Rocky Five just to see how bad it really is, and, and kind of get see what my take on it will be. So I'm interested to uh, to to do that. So maybe I'll uh, you know I'll go through and I'll watch them. I'll probably rewatch the first one and then go through and and, and just just kind of almost like binge watch or whatever, and then uh, do some reviews for all of them and just uh, get my thoughts there. So keep an eye out for that. JTE also said that he may be making a uh, return to the movie trivia showdown this year. Uh, Christian kind of hinted that there's a possibility that he might be in the free-for-all. It is 40 people now, so you never know. Keep an eye out. Little Evil might come storming back. Uh, (laughs) During all of this stuff, um, Cody and Cobster at one point hijacked the show to just gush about the Pokemon trailer that dropped and I bust out laughing during this. It was hilarious just how into it they got and and <laughs> anytime someone would like say something wrong, they they would they would just jump right on them. It was really funny. I I really, they did it a few times uh throughout the week. I I really enjoyed that. I love when they just kind of jump in. I love seeing the guys in the back. You don't get a lot of them, but uh, I I really dig that part of the show. Then they talked about an upcoming Gremlins prequel that will be coming, but it won't be live action. It will be an animated movie uh, diving back in, uh, before the events of the original Gremlins with um, the guy who, who sold the, the Gremlin. I don't remember his name, to be completely honest with you. It's been a while since I've seen it, but the, the, the guy who sold uh, Gizmo in the first movie... It'll be like his adventures uh, with Gizmo, uh, kind of going around. As far as I, know, I don't know if it, it may be a movie, it may be like a, a an animated series. I'm not on, honestly sure, um, but I, I'm interested. I like the Gremlins, and this might be. It seems like with this, they're leaning a bit away from the kind of darker horror aspect of Gremlins and and moving toward more family friendly, especially since it's animated. Uh, it makes me wonder: Will will we see more Gremlins at some point? Will we see more Mogwai? Are there others out there, both other than um, th- than Gizmo? Did he get Gizmo from a group of others, or will he? You know, will he get wet and create uh, more of them, and then we'll see them? You know, eat after midnight and turn into the actual Gremlins like we have in the other movies. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I'm I'm interested to see what they do with that. Then they talk about Rotten Tomatoes, uh, removing the pre-release audience uh, scores and uh, the ability to leave uh, reviews before the movie comes out after a bunch of trolls hit Captain Marvel pretty hard. 
Um, and it's uh, I hate this environment of trolling on the internet. It's like you people have nothing better to do with your time than just fester in hate about something that doesn't mean anything. It's a it's a goddamn movie. It's a movie. Yes, it's led by a woman. So why don't you take your frail male egos and check them at the door because this is ridiculous. This is the kind of this is the reason why you guys ain't getting laid. You know, you're over here bitching and moaning because oh, it's an it's another female-led superhero movie. Wah. Shut up. I'm getting so sick and tired of hearing people bitch and moan about SJWs and and feminism. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, go screw yourself. Like, seriously. Just just go jump off a cliff or something. I really don't care. Just get the hell out of here. I'm so sick and tired of it. And then we got to see Zach Levi, the amazing Zach Levi, who is uh, portraying Shazam, the original Captain Marvel from DC, uh, in, in an upcoming movie. And he put out a post in response to these trolls standing up for uh, Brie Larson and Captain Marvel and all this stuff. And it's just like, this is the kind of person that you need to be. Stop being little whiny-ass man babies whining about Brie Larson doesn't like men when that is not what the fuck she said, you idiots. Be more like Zachary Levi. Be a stand-up person. Be a good person. Stop being a whiny little bitch. And get out of your parents' basement and do something with your lives. <sighs> then, after all of that, we uh, we got a little story about the squirrels are back. I, I This was really funny. I love any time... Uh, Christian talks about these squirrels coming back, or any of it, like the, the wildlife that seems to just want to provoke him in one way or another. It was great. They showed the old Geico commercial with the two squirrels in the road, and, and they essentially cause a you know a car to run off the road on purpose. And uh, you know, Christian is like, you know, this is my life, and I. It was so funny, and then it got me thinking. There was another Geico commercial that featured squirrels. And it was the Squirrels in the Attic commercial where it starts off, it's like an action movie. This 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 guy, he's like fighting off all these dudes and he gets a phone call and it's his mom. And she's like, the squirrels are in the attic again. And uh, she talks about you know the guy's dad. And I said, uh, this time it's personal. And I was like, oh my God, that's totally going to be Christian when he's older. He's going to be... You know, uh, the wife is going to be calling up, you know, their kids, talking about how he's, you know, screaming at squirrels and all this stuff. So funny. So I like, I went on Twitter and I posted it and I tagged Christian in it. It was, it was funny. So go check that one out. Then they went to break. Uh, when they came back, they talked about the uh, Jordan Peele's new movie Us, and I can't wait to see this. It, it looks amazing. Uh, apparently, Christian is avoiding the trailer. Um, but for me, the trailer's actually gotten me more excited for the movie. I didn't know a lot about it. I knew it was Jordan Peele's next film. I knew that it was, you know, like a horror movie. And so, like, in general, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll definitely have to check that one out. And then after I watched the trailer, I was like, holy shit, this movie is going to be awesome. I can't wait to go see it. Now I want to go see it. Opening uh, weekend, I can't wait. So I understand 
that some people like to avoid trailers. You know, you know, he's like, I'm already excited. I'm already going to go see it. Okay. I understand that. I definitely do. And I'll be honest. I don't need to see another trailer for this. I'm good with just the one. Have the one trailer and I'll go off and I will see the movie. And I am super pumped for it. But I do, I know, in general, I do understand some people not wanting to see trailers. Uh, you know, there have been some that legit spoil the movies. Like, I remember this, what was that, that, the recent one with the dog, I don't remember the name of it, but there was a recent one that, like, just came out about a dog. Maybe a dog's purpose, I don't know, I think, I'm not, I think it might have been that one. Um... But the trailer legit spoils the whole movie. Like, I'm watching it, I'm like, this is the whole movie. And even my wife, who who does not like trailers in general, she's not a huge uh, you know, movie buff like I am, but she even watched it. And she's like, and this is something she's, she never says. She never comments, you know, like this. And she even turned to me and said, I'm pretty sure I just saw the whole movie. And it's like, if that's happening to the to the general audience... What do you think it's doing to like people like us who know movies and who really look at you know trailers and things like that? And it's like you're giving away the damn movie. I hate trailers like that. So, so I understand not necessarily wanting to watch trailers. And I get you know like like Cobster, he's one who just does not like to watch trailers. I get it. But like I said, for me, this one made me more excited. So I'm really glad I got to check that one out. Then Christian's friend Matt Sarah called in, and of course he brings up Rocky Five again, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, then Matt Sarah he's he's in the middle of telling a story. I honestly I don't even remember what the story was about, but what I do remember is all three of them just looked completely bored sitting there listening to this story. They just none of them looked engaged at all. Um, I, I just <laughs> I couldn't help like if. If I was just listening to it, which is what I used to do before starting this podcast, I used to just listen to it on on podcast while I was at work. Then I wouldn't. I would have no idea. I would just be like, "Dude, dude, he's telling a story." Okay, but watching it, it's like, "Wow, they're really bored while listening to this story." So then they went on to talk about uh, Umbrella Academy and Doom Patrol. Uh, Umbrella Academy, I have not watched yet. Uh, I mean, I have it in my uh, queue on Netflix. Um, and Doom Patrol, I have the DC Universe app, and I have seen the first. Uh, I, I I have I have watched the first two episodes. I have to. Wa- I'm going to watch the third one later today. But they are like Doom Patrol has been amazing. I've heard good things about Umbrella Academy, but Doom Patrol has been amazing i love that first episode and the second one was even better uh this series so far just a couple episodes in so far better than uh titans and i loved titans don't get me wrong titans was great but what they're doing on this show it's it's something else it's you gotta if you have it if you have any interest check out doom patrol it is amazing um, get the DC Universe app. It's only like eight bucks a month. It's really affordable. If you are into comics, do it. You can read graphic novels. You get all these movies and shows and the new content. It's really a good deal, man. So hop on and grab that. 
Um, and if you're if you're really into DC, hop on over to my other site, which is uh, dccomicsnews.com. We actually have reviews for the first three episodes of Doom Patrol. Plus, we do reviews every week for all the uh, comics that have been released each week. Uh, we do reviews for the TV shows. We post current news and all that stuff. We do uh, interviews with you know movie uh, movie and TV cast with. Writers and artists of the comics with all kinds of stuff. We do editorials. We do all kinds of stuff over there. It's dccomicsnews.com. We're also on uh, you know all the socials: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr at dccomicsnews. So definitely go check us out over there. And they uh, they watched a video of Steven Seagal doing some like lazy takedowns. I don't know what the context of this was. I saw the video before uh watching this episode, but I even then I didn't know what the context was. Um I, it was just Steven Seagal doing some lazy takedowns. And both times I watched it, I'm sitting there I'm like there's no way these two guys aren't playing it up for the crowd and letting him toss them around like that for essentially for a show um, because of the way he's doing it I don't care if he's Steven Seagal the way he's doing it he's just like uh, he's not putting any effort uh, uh, uh. he's not putting any effort into it whatsoever there's no way that these guys would uh, go to be tossed the way that they are being tossed with that little amount of effort so it was really a sad sight to see where uh, Steven Seagal has kind of fell, um, especially after getting to see Jean-Claude Van Damme on the show recently. You know, seeing Seagal and the, to the depth that he has fallen is really sad. Then Ryan Satin came in and to uh, talk about uh, Raw from last week. Batista is back. I am excited for this. I love Batista. Um, I, I'm a big wrestling fan. I've kind of fallen off of watching it regularly, but I try to keep up with it. I listen to the like Raw and SmackDown recaps that uh, Ryan Satin and John Roca do here on Collider. But uh, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of time to be watching all like it's like five hours. I'm already watching nine hours worth of Collider Live. Plus, I do all the Schmodown stuff, and I record the podcast, and I have other movies and TV shows that I like to watch, and I'm so far behind on even on those. But I love to listen to podcasts, and that's, so that's why I do the I listen to the roundups that they do, or the recaps. I mean that they do. And here in Batista's back, that's fantastic. Apparently, he came out during Ric Flair's. Uh, 70th birthday and beat down Ric Flair in the back uh, and then he called out Triple H most likely leading to uh, a Wrestlemania match I feel like they've been trying to get a Triple H Batista Wrestlemania match for the last few years um, I've, if as my memory serves that's why I feel like that's something that I've been hearing about for a while I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure that it is so it's nice that it's finally starting to happen I love. I've loved watching Batista's uh, film career. You know, over time, I, I. You know, obviously, you have people like The Rock, who really skyrocketed with it. You have John Cena, who's who's really kind of going up, and then Batista. He's been doing a whole lot of good stuff. You know, whether it's seeing him in something like Hotel Artemis, 
or, you know, obviously Guardians of the Galaxy, or even in Blade Runner 2049, which was really cool. You know, I like that he can kind of do, he can do action, he can do drama, I, I dig it. I'd like to see him do like, do like a John Cena, get into some, some comedies. I, 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 I would really like that. I really am enjoying watching his career kind of unfold as, uh, as we go along. And then they, they kind of talk about uh, how Triple H um, is most likely jealous of Batista's career because, you know, The Rock went on to do movies. Batista went on to do movies. Uh, Austin went on to kind of become a, a big podcaster. He's really doing a lot outside of, of wrestling. And Triple H tried to do the acting thing. He did a couple of them, and he's just not good. He's just not a good actor, and it shows, and I think he's, he's honestly, I think I agree. I think he's jealous of, of the fact, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of heat it brings into their match when it finally does go down. And Batista wasn't the only person to return on Raw uh, that, this week. We also got to see the return of Roman Reigns. He came back recently, you know, a while back he had uh, found out that his cancer had came, come back. He was in remission for a while and his his cancer came back. So he, you know, he was the he was a champ at the time. He vacated the title and, and essentially retired. And he came back and he said that he is now in remission again. And that is fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that Roman Reigns is, is doing well. Um, he thanked the crowd for all the support and he said that he will be returning to the ring soon. So that's awesome. I'm I'm hoping Mania right there, man. So you you'll have, you know, this women's triple threat big main event thing going on. You'll have um Triple H and Batista. You get Roman Reigns in there. Uh Ryan Santon said you know probably be most likely against someone like Dean Ambrose. So that would be cool. Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose at Mania. I'm excited for WrestleMania now. Um, I, I mean, I've always enjoyed WrestleMania. I've watched them every year, but I think this is one of the first ones in, in a few years where I've really legit been excited for for the possibility of uh, of what could happen. So that wrapped up day two. We knock into Wednesday. Uh, I know I tried to watch this episode uh, after I after it aired, which is what a lot of times happens. Um, you know, if I get like a day behind. Then I'll you know I'll try and catch up in a day, and then I'll wait until you know like three fifteen ish or you know three twenty, because the episodes are usually posted then. But apparently, uh, during something had happened during the episode, I found out apparently James Roday, uh, who was a guest on the show that day, had said the Collider Studios address on air, and so Christian went out and uh, needed to edit that out. Um, so, like I said, I tried to watch the episode, uh, after it, you know, after it aired, but wasn't able to, and it didn't get posted until, like, late in the evening, and I was already, like, getting ready for work and stuff, because I work third shift, and so I had to wait until Thursday to watch it, so I had to kind of double up and do, um, um, Wednesday and Thursday's, uh, shows on that day, so, uh, the beginning of that episode Christian complimented Roxy's hair a day late because if uh, if you guys follow her on Twitter she had put she tends to post um, 
a like a pre-show Twitter thing. She put one out Wednesday about you know I wonder if anybody will notice my hair and all this stuff. Nothing. And apparently nothing. And she just stared at him dead-eyed while he said it. It was really really kind of funny. It was you know it's kind of like that whole you know the the wife waiting for the husband to compliment her on on whatever's going on and it doesn't happen. It's really funny. I th- I really thought that was good. Um. And then they were talking about some other stuff. Uh, they were talking about you know her hair and stuff, and they were kind of got into like the price of it. And uh, anytime I hear them talk about the prices of stuff in Los Angeles, it just blows my mind. I like I said, I live out on on the East Coast. I live in Central New York, out near Syracuse. So it's like. You're talking about. I remember that they talked about like the crazy zoo pricing. It's like fifty bucks, sixty bucks for a ticket to go to the zoo. And I'm like, shit. It costs like nine bucks here. I pay seventy five bucks for a year long pass for me, my wife, and my kid, and I can go literally every day if I want for seventy five bucks. And then they talked about her haircut. And her three hundred and ten bucks for a wash and cut, and I'm like, holy shit! And then Christian said, you know, he fifty bucks on his haircut. I'm like, damn, I'll spend like fifteen bucks on my haircut. Granted, I, I haven't gotten a haircut in I don't know three year, four years almost. I've let my hair grow out quite a bit. So if you've watched any of my videos, you see my long hair. But yeah, just. I can't imagine that. Like, we just got my 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 kid's hair. She got her first haircut. And it was like, I don't know, I think it was like 17 bucks. And they cut, like, she, she wanted to go short, so, like, they cut all her hair off. We donated her hair to Wigs for Kids. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I just can't imagine 50 bucks for a haircut. And it's like, Christian doesn't have long hair. He, You know what I mean? It's like, he goes and get the haircut. It's really like it's like a little trim. You're just kind of shaping it up and all that stuff. And you're paying fifty bucks for that. That's nuts to me. It's I don't I don't understand. It's crazy. I just I don't know if I could live out there. <laughs> Unless I'm making a whole ton of money, I don't think I could live out there. It's crazy. Then they started talking about Riley's feelings about The Bachelor, and I gotta say, I feel like Cody. Who was in the back pretending to sleep? Because anything, anytime that they bring up the Bachelor, I'm just like, I don't want to listen to this. Because I don't, I don't watch the Bachelor. I have like no interest in in the Bachelor whatsoever. Um, it's just not, it's not my thing. Uh, the the reality shows that I like to watch are like cooking shows, like Top Chef, Chopped, that kind of stuff, or like um, when they did. Face Off on Sci-Fi, which was a, a, like a movie makeup prosthetic kind of cha- uh, challenge show. That was cool. I like that kind of stuff. But yeah, most of these other reality shows, I'm just not into. I just I can't I can't get into them. Then they were talking about uh, uh, Pokemon. New trailer dropped for uh, Detective Pikachu. Uh, Christian apparently knows nothing about Pokemon, so. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, they kind of Cody and them talked a bit about it, and you know they just kind of went, you know, kind of went around, kind of were like just chatting about it, and didn't really get into too uh, 
too much detail. I'm pretty pumped for Detective Pikachu. Trailer looks awesome. I'm super excited for it. And uh, I really think it'll, this is going to usher in uh, a new type of, um, of, of live action where you're able to bring you know, some of these like animated things to life with this type of technology. Because if you can make Pokemon come to life, make them look, look good and like, like that, I, I think you can do a lot. And I wonder if this is successful, if they'll do a, a traditional Pokemon movie and actually have like Ash and Misty and Brock in them and Team Rocket and all that stuff come in and actually have the true Pokemon movie. Um, obviously, you know, you're not going to have the Ryan Reynolds talking Pikachu, so they're going to have to make it more about the human characters, but I'm interested and and hopeful that this can lead to something good. Then they took a break. Uh, During the break, they played some Pokemon song. Uh, It's like some weird Pokemon rap type song, but I gotta say, if you guys love Pokemon, go check out Kevin Bennett's Pokemon Go rap. Uh, He raps the original 151. It is amazing Uh, i highly recommend it i will put a link to it down in the uh, description here for the to the the youtube video you gotta check it out then they came back from break uh james roday was supposed to be in he was running a little bit late uh so thad was in there they're kind of ways so they're just kind of chatting um christian had this like Ice Mountain sticking out of his cup, which I thought was pretty funny. They've, they've, it's happened before. They've shown it before, and they addressed it on the show. I just, apparently, they get just like big chunks of ice at the studio, and you gotta like break away big chunks instead of getting like actual like ice cubes, which is weird. It's like who, who does that? I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing to me. It's just throw some water in an ice cube tray, stick it in the freezer, boom, boom, boom. There you go. I mean, I don't know. Boom, boom, boom. I got you in your room. I don't even know. Get some ice cubes, man. <laughs> then uh, James uh, showed up, and they started talking about his career. Uh, I got to say, I've only watched Psych a couple of times. It was funny. I just It wasn't a show that I really got into. Um, but I absolutely love A Million Little Things. I know a lot of, you know, there are people out there who, who say it's... Uh, Oh, this is us light or whatever. It's like, screw you guys. I mean, this is us. Nah, not huge on it. I like what they are, what they do on, on, in, a, in a million little things. I think they cover some better topics. To me, I mean, that's it's all personal, you know, personal choice. And I like the cast better. Um, I, I love the people in the show. Uh, I've seen most of them. I know from other stuff, so I really have been enjoying uh, a million little things. It's a fantastic show. The season finale just aired this past Thursday, so if you get the chance to uh, check out the first season, go go and do that. It's it's really good. Uh, he went on to talk about uh, his new movie coming out called uh, Treehouse. It's part of the Into the Dark Horror Anthology series on Hulu. They're doing a, apparently a movie every month. They started in October. I'm assuming for uh, Huluween that they were doing. 
He directed this one. It's like I said, it's called Treehouse, and it comes out Friday, March first. So it came out yesterday. Um, I'm gonna check this one out. Uh, honestly, now that I realize it came came out yesterday, I'll probably watch it later tonight. So I'm I'm pretty excited to uh, to check that one out. I love horror, so. If you guys have watched it already, uh, ch- chime down in the comments. Let me know. Did you like it? Um, have you seen any of the other things in this anthology? This, yeah, give me give me a heads up. Have you seen Treehouse? Did you like it? What uh, what were your thoughts? Then they talked a little bit about uh, the upcoming Psych. They have a, a, a another Psych movie. Uh, it's you know Psych Two, the movie or whatever. I'm not sure if exactly what the title is going to be called. But uh, like I said, I never really watched. Psych. So, so I didn't see the first movie. I'm probably not going to see this one, but I will check out Treehouse, and uh, I will always um, support a Million Little Things because it's a fantastic show. So go check that one out. Then they went to break. Uh, Cody came on and addressed that the one-on-one feed is no longer being called uh, one-on-one with Christian Harloff. It is now the Collider Conversations uh, podcast feed. And the one-on-one show is still called that and will be on that feed along with uh, the Riley Roundtable. So now that they have fixed the one-on-one commercial, uh, or they're going to fix the one-on-one commercial, they're address- they addressed it, and that they have uh, they fixed the movie talk commercial, fix the damn movie review talk one with Scott Mance. I've been saying it for like a month. Fix it. I think I said this in the very first episode, and I've probably said it every single time. Fix that damn ad. Cody, talk to somebody. Please fix the ad. Get on top of it. They moved on to some questions from Facebook. Uh, First one asked was, uh, what's the first film score that you uh, ever bought? I remember buying. For me, that was The Phantom Menace. So Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Um, I, I've been, like, I've loved movies for a long time, you know, ever since I was a kid. And I, I remember, you know, my mom getting HBO, and and the cable company would send a little booklet that had, like, the month the month's uh, schedule for everything that's going to be on for that month. And I would just go through, I'd sit down, as soon as we got it, I'd sit down, I'd go through, and I'd circle everything that I wanted to see. And then I would I would buy uh, blank VHS tapes, and I would set them uh, so that they would record, uh, you know, have the six-hour record time, and I would, put, I would just record movies. I had so many tapes with three movies on each tape that I would record off of HBO. I had dozens upon dozens of these things, and, and I would watch them. All the time, it was that was my escape. Movies were my escape. I absolutely loved them. And I'll be honest, most of the movies that I watched are probably what people would consider shitty movies now. <laughs> you know, this was the '90s, which is where a lot of shitty movies would come out. And, and you know, it was just you have like I know a lot of people have kind of crapped on this movie, but Down Periscope with Kelsey Grammer. I loved that movie. It was one of the first ones I recorded. I absolutely loved that movie. Um, I remember recording a very Brady sequel, uh, you know, stuff like that. I think there was one called, uh, it was like House Trap or something like that, where the kids trapped their parents down in the basement. It was stuff like that. It was like kind of like weird random movies that nobody talks about anymore that I just fell in love with that kind of stuff. 
And so I bring that up because, like I said, I I love movies. But I never really got super into, like, film scores until I was uh, you know, a little bit older. And Phantom Menace came out in 99. I was 15 when that movie came out, you know, so I was in high school. And I loved it when I first saw it. It kind of dwindled each, you know, each consecutive time. You know, I would see more things that were wrong with it and things that I didn't like. And it got to a point where it's like, this really isn't that good of a movie. But my initial, like, I, I loved it when it first came out. And one of the things that I adored was the music. You know, it's like when I watched Star Wars with my, with my father, when I watched the original trilogy, the music was always something that, that kind of reached me. But I didn't know that that was something that you could buy. You know, I didn't know that, that you could just go and get a film score. And so when I discovered the, uh, I don't even remember where I was. I think I was in like a, like a discount store or something like that, and they had the CD for the Phantom Menace uh, score, and it was on sale. It was like four bucks, and so I grabbed it and I listened to that thing so many times. I still have it. I have. I'm pretty sure I have like all my CDs. Um, I went on to buy uh, episodes two and three's. Uh, soundtracks as well just because of how much I loved them and listened to, to them all the time so drop down in the comments let me know what was the first film score that you guys have ever bought or like just in general if you maybe maybe you've never actually bought one but what was the first film score that you fell in love with let me know the funny thing about this one is that Roxy actually got distracted and missed the question and tried to be kind of subtle about it, but it didn't work. I, but you know what? That's happened to me. I just thought that was really that was really kind of funny. She just had no idea what was what was going on there. And at one point, Christian actually referenced uh, John Campia during uh, a, a Star Wars conversation, and I thought that was really interesting because um, a lot of people kind of slam Collider for everything that went down with John Campion. and it's like. Shit happens, you know. People leave places of employment. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. But people like Christian and Mark Ellis and them, they've never shied away from, you know, mentioning him. Oh, you know, they talk about, oh, uh, I don't remember what it was, but something recently dropped. And they're like, oh, and then Campia freaking uh, puts out a thing about, you know, the table that I that I bought and the chairs that I got and, and people that I hired talking about something that I dropped, you know, two years ago and never getting and, and never mentioned once. And it's like, come on, dudes, don't be petty. It's it's ridiculous. It's like when Mark Ellis uh you know left movie talk, he thanked John Campia. He said it on air. He thanked John Campia because he's the one who brought him in. It's like, these people need to stop with all this bullshit, and Campion needs to stop flaming the fires, you know? So it was interesting to hear him, him reference Campion, because he didn't have to. He didn't. He did not have to. He could have just said, you know, when I was blah 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 or whatever. He did not have to say anything about Campion, but he did. So people just need to shut the hell up. I'm so, I'm so heated about stupid people today. I don't know. 
Then uh, they they do some more talking about Pokemon. Co- Copster runs in. Anytime Pokemon's talking, they switched back to the camera, and cops are just coming running in. They start talking about Pokemon. And they bring up a Pokemon uh, movie trivia Schmodown exhibition match, like the possibility of that. And I got to say, I think that would be awesome. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that on uh, Talking Schmodown, so make sure you go over there. Kind of give my thoughts a bit more about that over there. So be sure to check out Talking Schmodown when, uh, when that airs. And they talked about uh, Goyer's vision for Masters of the Universe. Um, so he said that uh, he wanted to do Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars, which is what Riley and Harloff have been saying forever. This is you know how 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 do you take a property like this and make it and make it resonate with with the wider audience? And and that was how. But apparently, Sony did not want to go that direction, which is a bummer because I really think it would be amazing. Um, you know, if if they want another Thor Ragnarok, then do Flash Gordon, man, because you could easily do that in that style, and I really think it would fit way better to do Flash Gordon in that style. But don't do Masters of the Universe that way. Masters of the Universe, yeah, Lord of the Rings meets Star Wars. That would be perfect. Do that. And speaking of Flash Gordon, apparently the director of Overlord is taking on that property, so maybe he'll he'll go and do it this style, and and, and hopefully, you know, he'll be able to get it out the head of that, and and I don't know, maybe I don't know. I, I'm so kind of just bummed about this whole Masters of the Universe thing. I'm not really looking forward to it, just because it's like that's that's not what it needs to be. It really should be something different. Stop just glomming on to what's popular right now and do something real. Anyways, let's talk about uh, we got some casting news for the new Candyman film. Yaya Abdul Mateen, who played Black Manta in Aquaman, has been cast as Candyman in the new film, which will be a, apparently a spiritual sequel to the original. I'm really excited for this. He was great as uh, Black Manta, so I, I'm really I'm really excited to see where they go with this one. I think Jordan Peele is, I don't know if he's directing it or if he's just producing it. I think he might just be producing it, but either way, I, I'm really I'm really happy that he's got his hands on, on this one as well. You know that it'll uh, it'll have some uh, have, have some some political undertones, some some racial and cultural undertones. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, Aquaman two got it's uh, officially got a date set for December of 2022. It'll be four long years uh, after the first one came out, but you know what? I think that's okay. There's a lot of visual effects and stuff that that go into a movie like that and so take your time i'd rather them not rush plus they have the trench with that they had announced which is supposed to be like a smaller budget horror type movie which i feel like they could easily pump out and have that come out in between have you know in 2020 or something like that maybe have it come out like october 2020 a horror movie right around halloween time and it spaces that so you have Two years in between uh, films set around the world of Atlantis. So I think that that could actually work and, and help them to uh, and kind of help curb this four-year-long wait for the next Aquaman. I talked a bit about the Hogan movie. 
and brought up the fact that uh, Vince McMahon really should be in it since it's being centered around uh, that early time frame uh, with, with Hogan. And they kind of talk about, you know, who should play him. And they kind of brought up some people. I know someone brought up uh, Miles Teller. I thought that was an interesting choice. Um, I'm not 100% sure how, how, how I feel about it, but I'm interested. I'm not really sure who to bring in. Maybe maybe just like a, like a new face. You know, maybe a no-name or something. You, you know, you want the movie really to be focused on Hogan. You don't want to necessarily take away too much of the spotlight from that character for this, so maybe just have it be somebody new. I don't know. Uh, let me know who you guys would like to see. Uh, would you like it to be a new person? Would you like uh, someone who, who we actually know? Let me know down in the comments. Um, this is the one day that they did, did not get a call. Like, he asks, he's like, oh, hey, okay, Cody, do we have uh, anybody on the line for a call? Nobody called. And... I'm kind of pissed because, of course, it's the one day that I don't try to call in because I, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch it, and I was so upset about that. I, I, every time I try to call in, I never get through. And the one day they don't have a call, I would have, I would have called in. I would have been like, "Oh hell, I would have been calling in. I probably, I might have actually been that caller." So I was really annoyed by that. They end the day talking about uh, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot has started filming. I am pumped for this. Uh, Kevin Smith has been posting some, uh, he's calling it the Road to Reboot. And it's like essentially like a little video, behind the scenes video diary. Uh, as they're going, they've done two videos so far that I've seen. Uh, you can just go on, on YouTube and check those out. He, I know he posted uh, at least the second one on his Facebook page. Um, and so I just, you know, went to the YouTube channel and checked it out there. Yeah, it's really cool going down, going behind the scenes with it. I, I love those movies. I love Kevin Smith movies. Um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is one that me and my brother watched so many times, quoted all the time. So I'm really excited to see them jump back into that world. Uh, that was the end of day three. Hopping into day four, like I said, that Schnepp Superman was turned back around. It was kind of weird. Uh, to, I have no idea why it was uh, not facing the right way for the first three days, and they never once addressed it, so it was kind of weird. Uh, then they uh, they showed some new songs that have been released, a Can I Come song for Roxy. I gotta say, the first one I thought was really good, but it was slow. Um, and it's not quite my taste for a comedy song. But then David B. dropped the mic with his Can I Come song, which was awesome. So go check out that one. And then they discovered a, a new one from Thrawn called Fingy and the Bingy. And that one was that one was, was good, too. Fingy and the Bingy. He's got a Brett Sheridan song. And speaking of Brett Sheridan, where the hell is he? He was supposed to be back this week. He was in on last Friday. And Christian had said that he would be back this week. No sign of Brett Sheridan. I, I'm really bummed. Like I love Brett Sheridan on this show. I want him back. I understand he's probably doing. He's got other things that he's got to do. But come on, Brett, make some time. Even if it's once a week, get in on this show. I need you there. Uh, then they we got to see a video uh, of a game of horse, uh, you know, the basketball game between Roca and Perry Nemiroff. 
Roca got destroyed by Perry. It was too funny. Uh, Roca has touted a lot about being a good basketball player. Um, you know, he, he, him and Matt Nose challenged the Patriots to a basketball game, which has not happened yet. And after seeing this, I gotta say, Roca, you gonna get destroyed. You need to do some more practice. Get out there on the court. Run around, shoot some hoops. You got, you got to get. If you want to have a chance of winning this game, you got to get out there. I still want to see that Patriots versus top ten uh, basketball game, but you, you got to get out there and do something, man. Come on. Then a fan went ahead and animated Roca's Amazon theft story from last week. This this was awesome. This reminded. I don't know if any of you guys have ever watched. It was on Comedy Central. It was a show called Shorties Watching Shorties. And it was these two like animated babies who would uh, kind of go through comedians' bits. And it was all animated. It was really funny. And that's what this re- really reminded me of. I- I'm curious if that's where they took the uh, inspiration from. But it was really funny to see. Uh, I-, I-, I, loved- I kind of wish that people would do more, like animate some of these stories. Just the random stories that they do, like uh, maybe like the Christian and the squirrels. Somebody should totally do that. That'd be awesome. Then they talked about Will Smith not returning to uh, for the Suicide Squad uh, sequel. Apparently, due to uh, some like time constrictions, his schedule didn't match up. Whatever, so he's decided he's not going to come back. And it's like whatever. You know, I I really liked him in the movie. I thought he was one of the better things. But you know what? You can't you can't wait around for for someone like like a Will Smith. You just unless it's the Bad Boys sequel, you, you know what? He's not needed. You can take you can bring Amanda Waller back and literally recast get a whole new group. Not even not even I'm not saying even recast, just completely new characters, and it would still work because it's the Suicide Squad. You know, maybe oh, that first team, eh? What wasn't feeling it? Let's bring in a new batch. You know, he had too many problems with that last team. Let's get a new batch of uh, recruits in here. And just go from there. You could get King Shark and freaking... You could bring in someone like the Riddler, you know, and you could bring him in th- this way, almost like a back door, and do stuff like that. Or, you know, you could you could bring in... I don't know. You could bring in all kinds of people. There are so many villains in, in the DC Universe that you could easily bring in for something like this. And if you want it to be more grounded, then kind of bring it back and stick to a little bit more grounded of villains. If you want it to be a little bit bigger, then go that route. But I, I really think James Gunn, he's, I think he's going to have something something great. He, he's good at this. Look what he did with Guardians. So I, I have all the faith that he will, uh, he, he'll, he'll definitely bring his A game for this one. And then the last uh, story before the break was that Avengers is expected to hit a record 282 million opening domestic weekend. That is insane. The first uh, part of this, well, Avengers Infinity War, I think it made like 258, 259, somewhere right around there. 282. That's awesome. I actually wonder, could this actually do better than that and break that 300? No one's ever gotten that high. No one's ever gotten this high but could they be the first to break 300 million domestic opening weekend and could they 
actually be on a trek to uh, take over Avatar as the top box office spot. I mean, you the Infinity War broke two billion. I think it was like two point zero something. They 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 mentioned it in in the episode. I don't remember exactly what the number was, but then Avatar is at like two point seven, two point eight, somewhere around there. Is there any chance that Avengers Endgame? could break $2.8 billion worldwide. Let me know what you guys think. Do you think that that's a possibility? I don't know, man. If this is if this is really good, if this is better than Infinity War, I guarantee you it could get close to that. I, I have a feeling that it might, at minimum, take the number two spot and dethrone Titanic. So we'll, we'll see uh, when we get there. Then they go to break, they come back, uh, they talk about the Dark Phoenix trailer and the future of the X-Men. Did this trailer spoil Mystique's death? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's just a tease. Maybe they're just messing with our our heads and trying to make us think that. I don't know. Uh, I actually really liked the trailer. I don't think the movie was necessary, but I, I, I really liked the trailer. It looks like they're doing... The better version of X three that we all ho- wished we had gotten, uh, so I uh, I'll definitely be checking this one out when it comes out. And then uh, Rami Malek joins Bond twenty five as the villain. Uh, Snyder, who broke this story, came out or came into the room to talk a little bit about it. Uh, you know, he talked about the kind of like the process of you know digging for these these stories as a journalist. It was really cool to kind of. Hear his take on everything. So go back and, and listen to uh, Snyder talk about the process and talk about the you know the job of being uh, the this type of a journalist. You know he is he, he people you know you may not like him. He may have the the personality and attitude that you just don't like, but he is a damn good journalist. No matter what you know he, he, anybody out there who tries to say yeah he is not. A good journalist doesn't know anything about journalism. So he you may not like him as a person, but he is a damn good journalist. Then they uh, kind of go on to talk about uh, some more Masters of the Universe stuff. Apparently it came out that it will have more humor. And it has already been compared to... this is I think it was like the producer or someone who came out and said this. It's already being compared to Guardians of the Galaxy, Deadpool, and Aquaman. And that is not where we want it to go. You know, that that's where the Flash Gordon movie should go, but not Masters of the, of the Universe. I'm so bummed that it's going down the route that uh, that we've all kind of feared it, it was going to go down. But is what it is, I suppose. Uh, now, Thursday came around. I tried calling in. I, I started about 10 minutes before that number popped up on the screen. And I just kept calling. Now, here's the thing: most of the calls I would get, I would call, and it would ring, and it would ring, and it would ring, and ring, and ring, and ring, and then eventually it would just stop, or you know, it would ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and ring, and then it would be like, oh, this customer is not available, and all that stuff. But like, it would ring, and it's the number on. Like, I have long distance. It's not like I can't call. You know, and it's it says it's a Verizon customer, and I have Verizon, so it's not like you can't call. So I don't understand why you know my call wasn't answered. 
You know, most of the calls, like I said, they would just ring and stop. Only a few of them went to the busy tone. And that was like when it was in the midst as they were, you know, accepting other people's calls. And that really, it kind of pisses me off. It's like, I don't understand how you get through. You know, if the damn phone is ringing, I will sit there on hold for 10 minutes to get my answer, to get my question answered. If you pick up the line and say, okay, are you willing to wait? You know, the 10, 15 minutes until they start asking questions. Yes, I am. And I will sit there on wait, uh, on hold, and I will ask my question when it's, you know, when when it's my turn. But this whole, you know, they're just not going to answer the damn phone and then pick up other other people's lines. Like, come on. It's really aggravating. I, I really wish they had a better system for this whole phone call thing. I really, it really annoys the crap out of me. Then they talked about a very controversial topic. One of the most controversial topics of the day. Pineapple pizza. That is right. The garbage that is pineapple on pizza. I don't care what you say. Hawaiian pizza, pineapple pepperoni, whatever. I don't don't care. If you put pineapple on pizza, that pizza is trash. You can take it. You can throw it in the dumpster. I don't want anything to do with it garbage or as christian likes to say garbage that's right complete and utter trash dorian apparently put out a post on twitter about it a lot of people agreed and some people didn't agree i know that uh darina uh she's a fan of it apparently so is mark riley nah it's garbage people garbage people and there's a comma in there it's garbage comma people i'm not josh mccuga I'm not calling you garbage people. <laughs> then they went on to talk about some Star Wars stuff. And uh, they talked about how they hope that the uh, Benioff, Benioff and Weiss uh, trilogy is you know will hopefully deal with the Old Republic. Um, and could possibly lead toward maybe like a Darth Bane series afterwards you know i think that would be really cool i'd be down with that i'd love to see some old republic stuff in a darth bane series and stuff like that i think that'd be fantastic it's something different yet you know yet still in that world and i love game of thrones so i i I think that would be uh fantastic that wrapped up day four and then on to the final day we have steve renazisi in the studio to discuss the oscar pool and they start off talking uh, you know, about experiences kind of going into escape rooms and stuff like that, which was, you know, I would love to go to an escape room. Um, speaking of escape rooms, the the movie Escape Room uh, has been greenlit for a sequel, so I'm excited for that, with uh, Adam Robitel coming back to direct. So I'm pretty pumped for that. But yeah, I'd love to go to an actual escape room. I've never had the opportunity to do that, and I think that would be really cool um they kind of go off they do all kinds of they talk about a lot of stuff um they honestly the whole reason that he was on the show was to talk about the oscar stuff they don't do a whole lot of talking about it apparently christian uh and and then they there was this whole thing about whether or not christian actually won whether the score of their oscar pool was five to four or if they tied four to four and so Christian apparently reached out to the fans and had them go back and listen 
to the episode that he of, of Steve's show that he was on, and to to find out okay what what was the correct like what were the wagers and who and who actually won and they said and the fans went out and they said uh, five to four, and Christian won. So like I said, they just, they kind of didn't really talk too much about it because of that. Um, they they kind of talked a bit about um, like how some of the, the the betting stuff works and everything, but yeah, other than that, they really didn't. Um, they talked about the Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey Twitter war. Uh, for those of you who are uh, wrestling fans, you know what I'm talking about. This is nuts. I don't know if this is a work or or, or not, but if this whole thing's a work or if this whole thing's been a, a big shoot, I, I don't know. Um, either way, I think it's going to really help build uh, momentum going into WrestleMania, and I think it's it's getting eyes uh, on it, and I, I'm pretty pumped. If it's not a work, Ronda's gonna probably ha- ha- have some uh, consequences to deal with uh, after all this. I have to, yeah, because she she broke one of the big big no nos when it comes to wrestling, and, and that's you know talking about you know essentially breaking kayfabe and talking about. You know the script and all this stuff, and, and, and essentially calling it all fake, and that is not something you, you do as a worker. Um, so I, I have a strong feeling that she may be in some shit for that. Then they did take uh, a phone call, and the phone call the the, the guy asked about the poss- you know what they thought about the possibility of maybe doing the the movie The Crow, doing the reboot with a female lead. Now. For me, I actually think that's an interesting idea. Um, we've seen what four movies and a, a TV show, all with with guys. Um, I think that would actually be interesting. I would be okay with it, just just to kind of see how it goes. Um, a lot of people don't really want this movie. A lot of people probably aren't probably expecting much of anything. So I'd be down with it. Other than that, if they don't do something, you know, kind of off the wall like that, then I say just stick to the comic, you know, to the graphic novel. Stick to that and give us that story, and I think it would be either one of those I'd be interested in seeing. Now, I gave you my answer. It took them 10 minutes to finally get back to addressing this question. Um, As they're going, they got sidetracked. Someone, uh, I think it was Makuga, mentioned Nick Kroll. Uh, because he thought that they said "crawl" instead of "crow," uh, instead of "crow," and so they just kind of went on a they just kind of went on a tangent, a big tangent there, um, about uh, about Nick Kroll and then kind of going down uh, Steve's career and stuff like that, and then they moved they just kind of moved on past it, went on to the Hellboy trailer, uh, which I haven't gotten a chance to watch yet, but of of the the stuff that I've seen so far, I'm really excited. Um, then they went on to to make Makuga. So they talked about um, Mila Jovovich, and they were trying to guess what her age was. Makuga was apparently way off. She's only like 43. I think he said she was like over 50. And they made him do uh, push-ups on screen, which I thought was pretty, pretty funny. And then, like I said, 10 minutes later, they finally got back to uh, the actual question at hand. And they barely address it. Christian is just like, I just want the crow to go away. 
They barely addressed the question. It was really a bummer. Um, I thought this would be a cool topic. Like here, and I was like, oh, that's a sweet topic. Nothing. They could have really dove into that whole thing. What would the crow be like if it was a female lead? Nothing. So I, I was really bummed about uh, that. Sometimes, like, I understand hashtag that's the show, but sometimes I really wish, you know, that they would keep on pace with certain things, especially with stuff like that. And really try to answer the questions. You know, I understand Christian doesn't talk about things he doesn't want to talk about. Whatever. He just moves on. That's that's his thing. Again, hashtag that's the show. But still, it, it, I was really bummed about that. So, And that wraps up this week in Collider Live. Thank you, everybody, for you know joining me today uh, with this you know, with them going five days a week, these podcasts are a lot longer than they used to be. So thank you for sticking with me and, and through these like hour and a half long episodes. Uh, I, I love talking about it and I, I love watching the show and I'd love for you guys to chime in and kind of interact a bit more. I'd love to get your reactions to some of the stuff that's been going on. So hit me up. I'm on social media uh, all over the place. I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Merc with a Movie Blog and on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. So hit me up there. Again, I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And uh, oh, also before I go, make sure you check out uh, the YouTube channel. Just go over to YouTube and search uh, Merc with a Movie Blog, and it'll pop up right there. Um, I've got a couple of trailer reactions on there. Uh, I've got my How to Train Your Dragon 3 non-spoiler review, and I plan to do uh, more. It's been a, a little bit hectic this week. I've been doing some stuff with my other site, uh, DC Comics News, kind of restructuring over there. So things have been a little bit hectic, so... Uh, my plan is to get more into that. And so thank you yet again for joining me. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, and this has been After Live.